Is there anybody that can give God great praise? I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I give God great praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's shout and give Him glory. Hallelujah. Devil may not be glad. Other people may not be glad, but I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Somebody praise Him. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord here tonight and to be worshiping and to feel what we feel. You don't want to miss Sunday. It's going to be a great time in the Holy Ghost. Uh, let's make sure that we come early for prayer and uh, begin to seek God. And I believe that when we seek God, when we draw close to Him, He draws close to us. And uh, I believe that God's going to do great and mighty things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Well, if you, if you believe God can do it for you, I want to encourage you to invite somebody else out to the house of the Lord and believe that God's going to do it for them as well. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Having some technical difficulties today. It's all right. We're going to be going to the book of Acts chapter 10. And I love what Brother Diaz said. Uh, only, a, only a man from Silver Springs would say, it's just down the road, 40 or 50 miles. And I uh, had to laugh about that. I think we're going to start a book of Brother Diaz-isms. And we'll just, on your next birthday, we'll give it to you or something. I don't know. We'll see. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, church, I don't know what to do. Every Apple device I got has shut down. It's not Apple. Don't, don't rebuke them. They're all right. Hallelujah. I'm going to see if my wife, the tech, can figure out why my screen's not working. Hallelujah. Any of them. Well, that's all right. Praise God. Acts chapter 10 and verse number 1. Acts chapter 10 and verse number 1. The Bible says there was a certain man of Caesarea Philippi, of Caesarea named Cornelius the centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Amen. And he saw evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming in unto him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? Amen. He said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayer and thine alms are come up as a memorial to God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter, for he lodgeth with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea, and he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Praise God. And today I want to teach us for a few moments on this subject, memorial prayers. Memorial prayers. He said your prayer and your alms are come up as a memorial before God. Amen. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray in this house. Come on, all across the building, would you lift up your hands and your voice and let's pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, you are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you great praise 
in Jesus' name. We pray, God, that today we would get a revelation of this word, God, that it would get into our spirits, that we would take it with us, that it would it would become a part of us as your people, Lord. Hallelujah, that today we would build faith in your wonderful name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord one more time, and you may be seated. Praise God. Memorial prayers. There are two types of prayer. And for those of you that have been blessed by uh, the ministry through writing of Stephen G. Carrier, who recorded the writings or the, the, he transcribed the spoken word of a man by the name of Verbal Bean, I won't be talking about anything new today. Uh, but I will say that this is something that has greatly affected my life, and I believe that it's going to greatly affect your life as well. And, uh, and so there's two types of prayer uh, that, that he talks about, and I think it's a great concept. There are current prayers, and there are memorial prayers. Current prayers... A great way to look at current prayers and to define them out properly is when we look at two and how we can comprehend them in ways that might make sense to some of us. I come from the banking background. And so when I think about current prayers, I think about credit. And I think about unsecured debt. Don't worry, February is going to be a great month. You don't want to miss it. We're going to financial February. We're going to talk about everything from uh, debt to income ratio and all that good stuff. We'll just kick in. It'll be good. Uh, I'm not doing that tonight. We're talking about prayer. So don't get nervous for some folks that are, are shaking when I just immediately talked about credit. You got nervous. But I uh, think about unsecured debt. Unsecured debt is that which does not have any collateral. Unsecured debt, such as credit cards, will allow you to purchase something and receive it immediately. They then require that the balance be paid in full every month or they will charge you interest. Some folks know all about that. But if you pay it off in full, you don't have to worry about that. In fact, some credit cards require you to pay it in full every month. Another example of this would be a power bill or a water bill. Everybody gets one of those, um, sometimes a little higher than we like, uh, but it's a reality of life. They don't wait for you to pay the bill. They give you power right away. They give you water right away. You get that water and electricity immediately, and every single month you've got to pay it off. You can't carry a balance over from month to month with these bills without incurring late fees. If they are not paid in full, I promise you, you're going to have a very dark uh, night. You're going to have to pull out the candles and go back to uh, living like we did a while back. Amen. Uh, so you want to make sure that you pay those bills because you don't want to be without heat in the winter and you definitely don't want to be without light at night. Uh, but that's how a current prayer, and that's what it's like, you have an immediate need. You pray about it, and you get an answer right away. Memorial prayers are a little different. Most of the prayers that we pray are not current prayers. Uh, we, we have things that uh, often, and I find myself doing this, I have to remind myself if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. But sometimes I find myself in a position where my current situations, 
I just, I put my head down and I deal with it. And I don't necessarily pray about it. That's not a good quality. I'm just admitting the truth there. Uh, but, but when it comes to things that we do take time to pray about, most of those would fall in the category of a memorial prayer. Memorial prayers are like a secured debt, uh, something with collateral. It's like buying a house or buying a car. At the end of the day, although this is not a perfect example, you do get to own, you do get to live in that house and drive that car. You don't really own it until you pay it off. You might live in it, you might drive it, but you don't own it. You can pay a certain amount every single month to your mortgage or to your car. But until they send you the deed or the pink slip that says paid in full, you don't really own it. Amen. You can pay for the next 20 or 30 years on your mortgage and you can keep going. And one day, if you never stop to make that, if you never stop making that payment, one day, it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, it might take 20 years or 15 years or 30 years, but if every single month you make that mortgage payment, one day they're going to send you a title, they're going to send you a deed, they're going to send you something in the mail that says, congratulations, you're a homeowner, you own it and it's paid in full. Amen. To relate this to prayer, it's a lot like times when we pray for something over and over and over again over a period of time. And the answer does not arrive. It does not show up paid in full. Amen. But one day, if we continue in prayer, it's going to come in the mail. Hallelujah. I do believe that God can answer prayers the first time that we pray. But we've got to make sure that we get this revelation tonight that we do not get discouraged if on the first prayer meeting it did not happen. We've got to make sure that we are looking at the Bible from the right standpoint. If we were to look at this scripture in Acts chapter 10, Cornelius prayed this type of prayer. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 and 4 that your prayers and your alms or your giving are come up for a memorial before God. We also see that he fasted. He was generous and he prayed. All of these things went into it. We see that he was a Gentile praying a prayer that the Jews did not believe would ever be answered. He was praying a prayer that everybody else in society told him, don't worry, God's not listening. You stop praying about it. Give up, give in. And yet this man who was not part of the church, that was not part of the people of God, he continued to pray. He continued to fast. He continued to give. He never ceased. He never stopped. And can you believe what God did? God looked down from heaven and he said that prayer and those alms and those sacrifices that you made, they did not go unnoticed. They are not going to just fall by the wayside. But God said, I heard it all. I saw it all. And I'm answering because it's a memorial before me. Would you lift up your hands right now and let's pray. Come on, let's pray in this house right now for just a few moments. Come on, hallelujah, God, you're able. God, you're able. I refuse to quit. I refuse to give in and give up before my payday, before it comes up as a memorial before God. Praise God. He kept making spiritual payment, and he just come, kept coming to God and going to God and going to God. 
No, 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 no reality was saying, hey, you're seeing anything happen. You're feeling anything change. He just did it time and time again. I'm not sure how long this man prayed, but what I do know is that his prayer was not answered the first time. His prayer was not answered necessarily the second time. But his prayer, his fasting, his sacrifice, his alms, they came up and God saw it as a memorial and said, "This is, you've been coming here so long, it's as if you built a statue towards this prayer. Amen. Current prayers are a little different. They are time sensitive. They are where you are currently. Daniel was in a lion's den and he prayed. The three Hebrew boys were about to be thrown into a fiery furnace that had been heated up seven times hotter. And they prayed. They could not wait until next week. They could not wait until next month. They needed God to answer, and they needed God to answer currently. They needed God to answer immediately. And I want to tell you here today, I'm going to talk about memorial prayers, but if you're in a bind and you need God to answer, and you need God to answer right now, currently where you are, I believe I've got enough Bible to prove that God can turn things around immediately. I've got enough Bible and I've got enough faith that right where you are, you could be sick on that hospital bed and you can pray a three-word prayer, Jesus, please help. Uh, And I believe that God will show up in that moment and God will answer immediately. Somebody give him praise. Amen. These prayers... Amen. They were immediate. They needed it right then and there. And God answered immediately. Now that does not mean that God has to answer in that moment or at all. We've got to remind ourselves sometimes he is God and we are not. I know I have to remind myself he's in charge. He's the boss, not me. Amen. There are many reasons in which God can choose not to answer in that moment or not at all. I won't list all of them, but first... What is an emergency to us is not necessarily an emergency. There's a difference between a major emergency and a minor emergency. Major emergency is when it's my emergency. A minor emergency is when it's your emergency. And so there's times where we go to God and we're we're just frustrated. We don't know what to do. And currently where we are, it's an emergency to us. And we go and we're just freaking out. Amen. And God's just thinking in his own way, just wait another day. It won't matter tomorrow. How many times have you been there where you thought, man, it's an emergency, it's an emergency, it's an emergency. God, I need you to come in. There's no lions in the den. There's no fire around you. Amen. God just simply says, get up from where you are and move on. And yet we cry and we pray and we get frustrated. And God's not going to answer those prayers because it's not. Amen. He looks and he goes, it's not really an emergency. And there's times where it is. And God answers. Secondly, we've got to remind ourselves that God is sovereign. God is not our slave. God is not our vending machine. God is not something that we can, we can command. He's not, he's not uh, this is what, what, what really the idol worshipers wanted that they didn't like about God. The idol was made by man's hands and they could control what he looked like. Hallelujah. There's some folks that come to church and they want God to be in their image. And they want God to answer the way that they want God to answer and do it the way that they want God to do it and want God to do it when they want God to do it. And if it's not their way, their time, they get frustrated and they quit. I want you to know that is not God. That's an idol. That's a golden calf. 
Hallelujah. I'll prove it to you. They said Moses delays his coming down from that mountain. And they said, Aaron, make us gods. And they began, amen, to put those gold and earrings into the fire. And he began to mold them a golden calf. And he said, there be thy gods. These are your gods which brought you up out of Egypt. They got frustrated that God wasn't answering quick enough. And so they started making something else that was not God. Nobody deserves your worship uh, than the Almighty God. Not my ideology of God, the one true living God. Not the God that I formulated and that I thought up uh, by my own human intellect. Uh, but I've got to worship God, and he's God by himself, uh, not created with my hands. Uh, but I was created with his hands. He's sovereign. He's above it all. He's God. Some of us need a good reminder of who God is. He is God. And if he so chooses to say no, that is not my choice. It's his choice. He rules and he reigns as he sees fit. I might not like it. I might throw a fit. But it's his decision. I've got to trust him when he said that my ways are above your ways. And my thoughts are above your thoughts. And I don't always know what he's doing. And I don't always understand how he's going to do it. I've just got to trust that he knows what he's doing regardless of the answer when it comes or if it ever comes it's my responsibility to pray turn to your neighbor and tell him it's my responsibility to pray turn to your other neighbor and tell him it is not my responsibility to answer come on tell him it's my responsibility to pray it's not my responsibility to answer. It's my responsibility to pray and lay hands on the sick. It's God's responsibility to heal. Some people got it all twisted. They think, well, I got the gift of healing. No, my Bible says it's the same Lord that works with all the profit with all, and he gives severally as he will. Amen. There's nobody that can say, well, it's my gift. It's my power. No, it's your job and my job to pray, to believe, to fast, to do our job, and it's God's job to do the rest. It's God's prerogative as God. To answer or not to answer. You may not like it. I know I don't like it. But that what, that's what makes him God and not me. Sometimes it's just a simple reminder. I am God. And I have to accept that at face value. Some prayers do demand immediate results, however. Like when you're praying for someone that's sick. Again, it's our responsibility to pray. It's God's responsibility to answer. Or it's his prerogative not to answer. You will find it written in God's word in James chapter 5 and verse 14. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn there. James chapter 5 and verse 14. There's many other examples that we could give, but sometimes sickness is the one we pray about the most in church. Every week we've got a list about this long to pray for people that are sick because that's our job. We pray, but God answers. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. Now keep your hands in that chapter. We're not going to leave for just a moment. When we look at that, we see 
that he goes forth and this is a moment where somebody's sick and they need a, they have a current need. They need God to move. They need God to answer. And they need it right then and there. And this is what he tells them to do. If you need healing, I want you to look at the Bible. Is any sick among you? Let them complain about it. Is any sick among you? Let them get frustrated. No. Although those might be things we want to do. Is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over you, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. I want you to know, as an apostolic church, we still believe that God heals. If you're sick, we will lay hands on you and we will pray in the name of the Lord. And I believe that God is going to answer these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But I want you to go back one verse. James chapter 5 verse 13. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Anoint him with, the, in the, with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. But go to verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Now, we can read the rest. That's a great part of the verse 2. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. It's a little different. One says the Lord shall raise him up. Call for the elders of the church. But when we switch from current prayer to this side of memorial prayer, it's possible that their affliction won't move overnight. We all hope that it does. But sometimes afflictions and things that we're going through have to be prayed over a while. Simply because it might be a test of our faith. It may be that we need to be having some things removed from our lives. We need to get some things under the blood. We need to repent about some things. Maybe our affliction that we're going through is a direct result of bad decisions we're making. And we got to pray. Amen. And as we pray, God tells us some things. And God convicts us of some things. And, 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 and this right here, it doesn't say how long we got to pray. There may be a lesson that needs to be learned if somebody is afflicted. Amen. Even when we pray for the sick. Amen. Sometimes you don't get healed right away. Maybe it's the, the type of affliction in your body and it doesn't mean that you won't be healed, but maybe you weren't healed right then and you weren't healed right there. But if anybody's afflicted, you've got to go before God and you've got to pray. It might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow. But if it's not going away, guess what you do? You pray today and you pray tomorrow and you pray on you pray on Saturday, on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday. Why? Because I've got an affliction and I want to get rid of it. And God, it's like Paul that said, I prayed three times that this thorn in the flesh might go away. And God responded, my grace is sufficient for you. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray right now. Come on. Yes, God answers immediate prayers. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. But then there's times of affliction, and there's times of trouble, and there's times of trial. And God's got a lesson there for us to learn. And he says, if anybody's afflicted, you've got to pray. You've got to pray. You've got to pray. Too many people's faith has been destroyed. Because some people don't understand there's two types of prayer. I didn't see the results tonight, and so my faith died. We're living in a world that is plagued by immediacy. You get a text message. You got a FaceTime. 
It's a microwave mentality. It's instant gratification where I can just go and I don't got to wait hours for a meal. I run through the drive-thru and it's ready. And if it's not done within a certain period of time, I can complain to the manager. We're living in a generation that gets it and gets it now. We don't want to wait for anything. We've we've lost the ability to be patient for the most simple things. Uh, Amen. If you don't think that's a spirit of the end times, it's a spirit of the end times. Where we no longer have the patience to possess our souls, as Jesus would say. But there's previous generations here tonight that remember letters and stamps. You know, there's some folks who don't even know how to write a letter, send a letter. Where does the stamp go? There's previous generations here tonight. And, and, and we've, got to, we've got to take this, and we've got to take this from this previous generation. And though, though, we can't flip it into our current technology, we've got to, because we, we can't go backwards. Amen. Uh, there, there's some things we've got to say, okay, let's take the concept here, and let's move it into the next generation so they're not lost in thinking that if God doesn't respond with a quick emoji, that God hates me, that God doesn't love me. If anybody's afflicted, you've got to pray. You've got to pray today. You've got to pray tomorrow. Send your letter, put the stamp on it. Send another letter, put the stamp on it. Put it in the mail. It might not come today. It might not come tomorrow. It might take a couple of weeks for you to get your order in. Come on, somebody. Amen. You're going to have to keep on keeping on. You're going to not quit. You're not going to give up. Why? Because you sent across your prayer, and you know that once it arrives, my answer is coming, and it's eventually going to get here. There's a previous generation that knows what it is to wait weeks for a reply. But there's not one individual from that older generation that lost hope. For that, that girl that he was writing love letters to. Oh no, she must not love me. She's not responded in 15 minutes. Because there was an understanding. I sent that letter today. It's going to take about a week to get there, and then i got to wait for that reply. They did not lose hope. They did not lose love for their beloved. They might have even wrote a few extra letters uh, just so that, they, that in the days that I'm waiting for one letter, i got a new one coming, and, and they just keep it going. It was old version of text messages. And, 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 and this is a concept that we've got to make our way into our prayer life. Uh, I prayed it, and it's not coming right now. Why? Because it's not a current prayer. It's a memorial prayer. And I, there's some things I've been praying about for eight years and I still haven't seen it happen. Have I lost faith? No. Have I lost hope? No. I know I put the stamp on. I know I put the tears in that envelope. I sent it up to heaven and it's God's job to answer. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on. We're almost done here tonight. We, we, we got current prayers. We got current needs. But then there's times where you don't want to lose faith because maybe it's not an immediate. Maybe it's not a right now. Maybe it's a next week. Maybe it's a next month. Don't backslide in the in-between. Don't lose faith in the in-between. Don't lose your praise in the in-between. Don't lose your hope in the in-between. Sometimes it's that in-between moment that you get a, a faith that you did not have. Sometimes it's in that in-between moment you learn to trust God like you never trusted God before you gotta hold on in your memorial prayers somebody love him come on let's love him it might be that it's a prayer that's a memorial you gotta pray about it you gotta talk to God today talk to God tomorrow talk to God next month talk to God next year and you keep talking to God about it and that's one powerful thing it didn't matter it didn't matter what happened in Moses' life He could say, I stutter, I got problems, people rise up against him. But you know one thing Moses never stopped doing? 
He never stopped talking to God. People rise up against him, he talks to God. People criticize him, he talks to God. He goes before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says no. He doesn't complain and cry. He goes and talks to God. There's some folks that in the in-between when it's not happening, you just got to find that moment that says, I'm going to talk to God. You might be able to stop me from doing all sorts of other things. You can lock me in this jail cell, but guess what I'm going to be doing in this jail cell? I'm going to be talking to God. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be seeking God. I may not have my answer, but I'm going to keep praying. Amen. You keep building up that hope and that faith that one of these days we're going to get an answer. I remember. Does anybody remember Kmart? Okay, good. Uh, see, I'm in that in-between generation. I remember writing letters. I, I, I got some of those things. I'm all right. Not too bad. Give me a little grace. Uh, you know, I do remember DOS, C slash slash. I'm, I'm, I'm not, too, not too bad. Huh? I remember Kmart. You know, when I, was, when I was born, funny story, uh, they had to put me under a Billy Blue Light because my kidneys weren't fully developed. So I was a Blue Light special from birth. And, but my parents loved Kmart. I know we got one down here. Maybe God will give that to us for a building. Who knows? Um, it's been sitting empty for way too long. And one of the main reasons they went out of business is their layaway program. My parents love that layaway program. Anybody, anybody here use that layaway? Okay. All right. Y'all wish that layaway program would come back. My parents would put just about anything away on layaway. They put toothbrushes, socks, deodorant, man. We were struggling. We're going to get it in a couple months. You know, one of my favorite gifts was socks as a kid. That true story right there. But I remember uh, that they'd go in each week and they'd make a payment, $5, $10, whatever extra they had. And, and piece by piece, they would get the items that they laid away. They didn't exactly know how much an unfortunate side of layaway is. Not everybody made their payments. And other unfortunate side is that they didn't realize the cost of what they were getting. But we'll talk about that in financial February. But, uh, but they laid away all sorts of things they probably didn't need. But it was things that they wanted. Because sometimes prayers are not just things you need. Sometimes it's things you want. And there's nothing wrong with bringing your wants before God. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, you know what? I wouldn't mind that. That'd be pretty nice. And, and you can bring those before God as well. But... Uh, but this is how often memorial prayers are answered if you were to think about it. Sometimes uh, at the least expected moment, my parents would go in and they would make their final payment and they would get back uh, the very thing that they'd been waiting for. Sometimes they were a little disappointed because they didn't really want it at that point, but they had already paid X amount of dollars for it. But, but there's moments when we pray and we go before God day in and day out, month in and month out, Sunday and Wednesday and Sunday and Wednesday and Saturday and Tuesday and Mondays and Thursdays and we take it before God and one day out of the blue it seems uh, that God says okay today's your day uh, and finally I'm going to answer the memorial prayer what was happening Psalms chapter 56 and verse 8 the Bible says thou tellest of my wanderings you put my tears in a bottle 
They are written in your book. God's got a bottle for every tear that you've ever shed. He's got a book with everything that has been prayed about. He's been keeping the tears, and he's been writing down the prayers. And I want to help somebody here tonight. God keeps good records, and God never misses a tear, and God never misses a prayer meeting, and God never misses a fasting, and God never misses a giving, and God never misses sacrifice. Amen. We've sought him. We prayed. We sacrificed. And can you believe it? One day God shows up and says, I'm going to answer all of your memorial prayers. Somebody lift up your hands. Come on, let's pray right now. Come on, let's pray right now. What are you doing right now? I'm just, I'm just paying, I'm just paying into it. I'm praying into it. I'm praying my way. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm building a memorial right now. I'm making sure that God sees it. Amen. I want it, I want my memorial of prayer to be bigger than the Tower of Babel. I want God to notice it. I want God to see it. I want God to, to not be able to ignore me. I want to be like that widow that had an unjust judge that went before him and said, "You got to avenge me. You got to make things right." They kicked her out of the court room and the very next day she was back and she said you gotta avenge me you gotta make it right they kicked her out she came back next day and the next day and the next day and can you believe it Jesus said it's like the kingdom of God that if you keep those memorials coming and you keep praying one day the judge will make it right oh somebody lift up your hands and let's pray hallelujah Brother Elijah, can you help me? Do you want to help me? You don't want to help me? You don't want to help me? Okay, I'll get Come on. I'll take your help. Come on. All right. Simple, because sometimes it's all, this, this helps us remember. You go before God. you got a current need. And you pray, God, I am broke, and I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Anybody been there? Okay. I hope I wasn't the only one. All right. Now, don't circumvent his word. If you don't give, don't expect a blessing. And remember, you're going to tithe on all this, right? You're going to give to the Lord what's his. Okay. And you pray. You go to church say, church, will you pray for me? And you pray. You deposit that. God says, done. Wow. And you get up on Sunday and you testify. Man, we prayed and it happened. No, no, don't go away yet. Brother, that's the only prayer you got? If that's the only prayer you got, man, you can go home. The rest of us got a few more prayers. And then there's times where we're sick in our body. We don't know what's going on. And we go, we, and it's just, whether it's corona or not corona, and we pray, God, will you heal me? And the prayer of faith saves the sick, and the Lord raises them up. Man, put away yet. God answers and says yes. And then there's times where you're praying for a lost loved one, and they've been backslidden for 15 years like my wife's aunt. And year by year, God, will you save our... Will you save my mom's sister? Nothing. God, will you save my mother, whoever it might be? God, will you heal this person that's been sick for a real long time? What you, you fill in the blank. You know what it is. And you keep putting it, God, would you, 
God, would you do it? Would you, would you help it? And another year goes by and nothing happens. And this is like Hannah who year by year is going before to the temple of the Lord. And she's praying because she doesn't have a baby. And she's saying, I want to have kids. And I'm tired of being barren. And the Lord shut up my womb. And she goes before and her husband says, why are you crying? What's your big deal? What's the problem? I'm like 10 sons. And he doesn't realize what the problem is. And, and, and she goes and she won't eat. She's just crying before the Lord. And she's praying. And every year she goes back and she prays, God, would you do it? This is like Abraham and Sarah who God promised at 75 years of age, you're going to have a kid. And for 24 years, they don't get a word of, they don't get a word about it. And every year they're saying, God said it and God's going to do it. And they don't lose their faith. This is like Zechariah and Elizabeth who had prayed prayers for years and years and years and nothing is happening and nothing is changing. They want a kid. And finally she's past age and she's barren and they keep on praying. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. And this is like Daniel who for 21 days is praying and he's saying God will you help Israel God will you make a way this is like a saint of God from apostolic revival center that's praying for a new building but we're not just praying we're sacrificing some people would say and get discouraged well it hasn't happened yet this is the glass half empty but I've come to help you the glass half full it hasn't happened yet and so what am I doing I'm praying about it what am I doing I'm giving towards it what am I doing I'm sacrificing what is it it's a memorial and it hasn't happened but it hasn't happened yet and you're praying for your mother to be saved and you're praying for your neighbor to be saved and you're praying come on somebody I'm preaching right now and you're praying God would you fill up the building God would you make revival happen and you keep on praying and you never quit and then one Sunday you come in and it's just another Sunday and it doesn't seem like much is happening and one day it's just a Wednesday night and pastors teaching and I don't know I've just worked long it's been a hard day but you go to the altar anyways and you pray and then God comes by and says today is your day today is the memorial come up today I'm going to save them and they walk in the back doors and you haven't talked to them in years and today's the day and God says I found you a building and today's the day and God responds and heals your daughter and he says today's the day what happened you kept paying the note somebody lift up your hands so let's pray i'm done i'm done preaching teaching i want somebody to pray right now in the name of jesus Come on. Well, pastor, it hasn't happened yet. Add that little word right there. It'll change your prayer life. Yet, yet, yet. Well, pastor, your mother's not saved yet. I haven't lost hope yet. I haven't lost faith yet. I believe that God is still able. Come on, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, you know what you've been, you've been praying about. Maybe you forgot about it. It's been so long, it's not happening. No answers have come. But I want to encourage you tonight, keep putting into that memorial. Keep sacrificing towards it. Keep praying about it. Keep fasting for it. And say one day, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe next year, but one day I'm going to get a paid in full from heaven. And God's going to show up, and he's going to heal my body. And God's going to show up, and he's going to save my family. And God's going to show up with revival in his hand and he's going to save our neighborhoods somebody pray right now
What are you doing every time you go to church? I'm not wasting one service. I'm building a memorial. I'm not wasting one prayer meeting. I'm building an altar. I'm building a memorial. You can quit if you want to, but I will not be refused. God will hear my prayers. You can quit if you want. Amen. That's your prerogative. But I refuse to quit because God will hear my prayers for the city. God will hear my prayers for this church. God will hear my prayers for your family. God, you can give up if you want, but I refuse. I'm building a memorial. We had a man in my home church. Ten years he had been praying for the Holy Ghost. Ten years. We're not talking about somebody who's just a dirty, rotten sinner. This man came to church every service. He was at every prayer meeting. He gave in every offering. He did, he did it all. This man, this man, we got to the place where we didn't know why he wouldn't get the Holy Ghost. We just had him do little things around the church because we didn't want to feel like he couldn't do something because you don't necessarily need the Holy Ghost to, you know, do certain things around the church. And, 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 and man, maybe you want to fix this, fix that. That man was there. You did a work day. He was there. Ten years, Tom didn't receive the Holy Ghost. But he didn't skip church on that Sunday because he got accustomed. One day, I'm going to get it. Elder, you remember, I wasn't in church, but I heard about it. They used to talk about seasons of prayer. Tarrying for the Holy Ghost. Now we got words of prayer. If it's not happening right now, you got to come back to that altar. Well, I didn't get the Holy Ghost yet. That's all right. Come back to that altar. And tarry ye in Jerusalem until. Until what? Until he answers. I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep praying, and my prayer is going to come up as a memorial before God. And could you believe it? After 10 years of his wife praying and fasting, 10 years of him praying and fasting, all of a sudden, just as a, I don't know if it was just a testimony of the rest of us, I don't know what the deal was, but you better believe it. He went to that altar, no one even laid hands on him. Brother Tom lifted up his hands, and he began to speak in tongues like he'd been doing it for 30 years. Amen. Can I help you here today? That when you let your prayers become a memorial before God, one day, amen, it's just going to happen, and you're going to look back. Some people will say it just happened on that Sunday, but you look back over 20 years and you say, no, I've been praying about this for too long. It's a memorial. I want, to, I want us to come and pray. Would you lift up your hands? Come down to this altar. What are you doing when you come? You're building a memorial. Come on, what are you doing when you come to this altar? You're building a memorial for your family. You're building a memorial for your marriage. You're building a memorial for your kids. You're building an altar. You're building a memorial that says, God's going to hear us. God's going to hear us. God's going to hear us. Thy prayer and thine arms are come up as a memorial. Come on, talk to Jesus. Somebody talk to Jesus right now. Come on, what is God doing in this season? I'll tell you what he's doing. He's taking several years of memorial prayers and he's answering it. We're seeing the harvest. It may not be exactly what we expected this year, but I promise you this, we're seeing things happen. Why? Because for years and years and years, people have been sowing. For years and years and years, people have been praying. For years and years and years, people have been giving. For years and years and years, people have been worshiping. For years and years, what is it? It's a memorial before God. Come on, let's pray right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, that's it. Somebody don't quit. 
get the tenacity that says it might not have happened, but I'm going to add that word yet. I thought by now they'd fall, but you have never failed me yet. Waiting for change to come, knowing the battles run. Still stands 